0: Hey, Chris Manning here from the Locked On Cavs podcast. want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by our live NBA draft show on the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA draft coach Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Bill Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick and follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern
1: Standard Time need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose, he'll fire. He knocks it down! Osman steps into a long distance jumper. Allen to the bucket, he crushes it home! Get off to Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanchunas, finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home! By Kyrie, Sexton got it back, Nance for the tie! Yes. He knocks it down! Love hands it off! Cavaliers by seven.
2: And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you!
0: All right, thrilled, and I'm getting my my tone up because Evan was mocking me for not having the appropriate excitement (laughs) for our last (laughs) guest. That was great, Rick. I'll go check it out in your feeds now, but we are joined now for a two-parter with the one, the only, the legend, Justin Rowan, at CavsN on Twitter, one of the co-hosts, and may I say the more handsome half of the chase down. Justin, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. You are introducing me with the energy that's required, and you're also spitting straight facts. So all of that is really appreciated. It's always fun to be on with you guys. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I have so few outlets to talk about the Cavs. I try try on the podcast. I'll do it on Twitter, but you know what? I I never get enough of it, so coming on is Mm -hmm. always a pleasure
2: it's a nice collection or a nice gathering of the three only verified members of the Cavs podcast quartet I guess I should exactly. say exactly uh, you know just it's the collection of the superior powers and then unfortunately you have Carter dragging you down but maybe one day he'll get that blue check mark and we he won't embarrass the rest of us but how are you Justin
1: I'm I'm doing pretty well, you know. Uh, Got a lot going on. Really excited about this draft coming up. I'm excited for the day to pass, actually. I just kind of want to know What it's going to look like? I I would pay a lot of money at this point, actually, to fast forward to training camp. Like, I want to know what's going to happen in free agency. I want to know what's happening on the trade market. I just want to know what the opening night roster looks like because
0: someone hasn't seen the movie Click and took home the morals of that Adam Sandler movie. So uh, shame on you, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm someone that. anytime i'm watching a movie i'm taking home the wrong messages from all of that i i think wolf of wall street is such a fun movie i i idolize leo in that movie uh i i I just I I don't get uh, Whiplash. Whiplash is telling you what it takes to be great. You and, Ky, I, I, you,
0: you and Kyrie both, buddy. Just watching Whiplash and being like, actually, this is how you should live your life. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff.
1: Well, it's basically how I became a podcaster. Is the, the same process. So are you um, rushing? That that's that's why I idolize yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So you're telling me Carter like yells at you so much your hands start bleeding and he slaps you a
1: lot little bit a little, little bit. bit good
0: stuff okay as we alluded to a bunch of calves questions um thanks to our discord which you should click the link in our show notes and join the discord um and come and bullshit with us on there
2: you 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 really are like the dad who left and got cigarettes and just came in out of yeah. nowhere i was asleep when you came in and asked that question and i'm like i like because i check it every couple times a day and i'm like wait a minute chris posted and i had to like I thought I was tripping I, you for know, a I second. I came back.
0: I went to therapy. I got my. I went to. I got myself an order. And I came back. And I'm not smoking well,
2: cigarettes anymore. I'm just here to be an attentive Discord. To be, dad. To be fair, you posted at 9 a.m. and I was wide awake. Wide I awake. just didn't bother checking. Yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> all right, so guys, we're gonna start with the biggest question of all. This is from Rice with, with three eyes. Uh, what day is the draft?
2: It's Thursday, baby. The draft is Thursday.
0: Thank you. If you don't get that joke, then you're a loser. Anyway, next question uh, from Go Boom how important is stability to the rebuild isn't there a good argument not to trade sexton nant etc oh i didn't know what this was until i hit it and we're just gonna dive right in i guess because another year working together will help the team more than just a potential upgrade of talent
2: justin well it's classic locked on calves to not fully read well i didn't i was like like, oh i'm gonna just rip off the
0: bandit and we're gonna get into like the muck here um which is sort of a lot of this um, mm-hmm. but justin i i want you to start with this so how important do you feel like stability is and and where where's the where is there a line on the roster i guess i want to extend this to where you would say like okay this part of the roster i'm sort of viewing as like we we have to just kind of keep it locked keep it locked
1: Yeah, I I think continuity and stability is incredibly important. We talked about this a little bit on our most recent pod uh, where Jeff Nomina filled in. Shout out to Nom, one of my favorite people on cast Twitter. Um, But I, I think from a stability standpoint, There is something attractive to me about running it back. I I think the consensus is, at least when you hear the team talk, is that, hey, we were better than our record. Uh, We are inexperienced. Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Allen, all of those guys are better players at the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the year. And hopefully after an offseason, you're going to see some internal growth. Uh, We're hoping that Larry isn't going to be as banged up as he was. But outside of those guys, so let's say the the four young guys coming back, um, bringing in Evan Mobley, likely with a third overall pick, bringing back Larry outside of that, like, I, I think that's kind of the core. I think at the same time, there should be kind of points where you no longer prioritize continuity. Like if such a big offer comes in, whether it be for Larry, whether it be for sex and whether it be for anybody, really, I I think you still have to do that and you have to have that long-term mentality. But in terms of selling off guys, like let's say if it was Larry for a pick in the twenties or something like that, I, to me, I wouldn't find that attractive. I'd, I'd rather try to maneuver and maybe leverage the 2022 picks, some of the second round picks they have with Taureen Prince, Jetty Osman, and other guys to improve the roster around those six. But I do think running it back, there, there's something about that's attractive to me. Now, I'm crazy high on the team. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm probably in the minority here. But at least giving that a shot, it would be interesting because when you look at it with the month left of last season, they were still about like two games out of the play-in spot. And that was with pretty much worst case scenario when it came to injuries and, and a whole bunch of other factors. You might be able to reevaluate mid-season. If things aren't working out, you can always pivot, but if better options aren't available, if better win now options are not available, I, I don't really mind running it back with at least those six kind of comprising the court. I, I guess I can get the appeal of wanting to run
2: it back but at the same time when you look at things we're now entering the fourth year of life after LeBron James part two mm-hmm. uh space jam a new era boogaloo um and it's just it's hard for me to really wrap my head around the idea that I know this is a different era for the Cavs. I know they kind of prepared a little bit in the event LeBron left by holding on to the pick that became Colin Sexton and not caving to LeBron's demands to trade it, but we're going to be four years removed from LeBron leaving, and uh, I I know Dan Gilbert is doing a better job this time around and not being as heavily involved in the basketball decisions and letting Kobe kind of do his thing and working in tandem, J.P. Bickerstaff and others in the front office, but i don't want to i i guess i just can't wrap my head around the idea of dan gilbert being patient of this team more or less running it back and just doing the same or trying the same thing as last year and yeah if kobe altman had a longer leash or a little bit more wiggle room to work with and you say at that time okay this is what you we're going to evaluate things a little bit further like he said last season was an evaluation period for the Cavs. um it's just hard for me to wrap my head around that idea because at the same time, like I feel like the Cavs are going to try and have to make a few win now moves. Like
1: mm-hmm.
2: Zach Harper, the Athletic said that the Cavs are now willing to get rid of Larry Nance Jr. and Jetty Osmond and take on long term money in order okay, to make what, that what happen. One so of those two, those two
0: things isn't news. I'm just letting people know that like this, 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 one of those two things is not a big deal.
2: Thank you, neighborhood cynic Chris Manning. But <laughs> thank you. That's my that's my that's my name. Don't worry about. Thank you. Like, I think the addition of Evan Mobley is exciting. It can juice a lot of fans because I truly believe this is a player that the Cavs can build around if they pick him third overall. It's the draft. Anything could happen. Jalen Green said as much when it came to being picked first overall today during his media availability. So there's a lot of factors at play here for sure. I just don't know if it is sustainable for the Cavs I guess at least this current regime to run it back I think they have to crack a few eggs make an omelet and maybe make what people might consider short-sighted moves to kind of make a push because they were competitive I think after losing to Chicago and I believe March they kind of started to pack it in a little bit and realized like okay we're not making the play in. so at this point let's try and make sure we maximize our potential for the best pick and it worked out like a third pick and I don't know. I think at this point, like maybe if you really believe Mobley is the guy too, you really start to put some gas for your foot on the gas a little bit and try and push it a little bit. But at the same time, I don't think the calves should rush it either. I know that's weird because last time Justin was on, I was firmly in the camp. that They should trade Allen right away. But, um, hmm. No, they shouldn't rush it. But at the same time, I think there should be a little bit of pressure on top of it to say like, okay, maybe we can run it back with some new faces and either the draft and free agency, and then you evaluate things and figure it out. But maybe when you're trying to figure it out, you make those win now moves to try and further push yourself into the position that you are flirting with the play in tournament or possibly even the six seeds. So you can just avoid the play in tournament altogether because it's coming back next year. Um, I don't know. It's just it's an interesting thought exercise, I guess, because I guess I've just firmly been in the camper like, okay, the Cavs are gonna have to make some dramatic moves to really make a push. But if they could run it back, like they're competitive enough. I guess I'm talking myself into it in real time. Like, I guess I (laughs) could see the appeal. But um, at the same time, it's also just I don't know if that's going to work. Because if you present to ownership saying like, okay, we have largely the same roster plus a top three pick and a mid-level exception signing and some veterans that we signed with on vet men deals or undrafted guys we signed on two ways or vet men deals i don't know if that's enough to really one save your job and two keep things going so you can make it to the trade deadline at that point
0: yeah evan let's table that we'll come back uh i'll i have a new i have a middle ground take on this so we'll get to after the break but first i want to tell everyone about our friend at this
2: both sides bill manning
0: bar. straight shooter respect on both sides anyway bill bar if you don't know is the best tasting important bar, bar out there and they have so many delicious flavors cookie dough evan's favorite uh cookies and cream mint brownie raspberry cherry mercy a whole bunch more The strawberry one that you can get right now is my favorite. It tastes just like a chocolate-covered strawberry, and, like, who doesn't love a chocolate-covered strawberry? Unless you're Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's weird. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Bill Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so isn't that neat? And remember, they have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net
2: carbs. Order today. Can I interject real quick? I know you said it's neat that the uh, they're part of the U.S. track and field team, but like Built Bar, the U.S. track and field team is not disappointing like the Team USA men's team. Continue.
0: Order today and get that coconut, the double chocolate, or whatever you like. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All
1: right. Yeah, if no. I could jump well, no, in. Sorry, no, sorry, no, no, Chris. No,
0: We're, I got to just I don't think the Cavs actually are running it back if they bring people back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just don't yeah. re- I just don't really believe that like the Cavs as it
2: Well, Kevin Love technically can't run it back cuz that calf exploded okay. explode at any Thank moment. Thank you,
0: Jesus. <laughs> lord. But th- my here's my thing. I cannot mm. like this isn't a run it back situation when it's like you're like I think I when I think of run it back I think running back means, like, you have a team that is, like, mostly in its prime, and that is at its apex, right? They're not there. And, like, yes, you have financial decisions to worry about when it comes to Colin Sexton – When it comes to, you know, Darius Garland is extension year for now. Jared Allen's extension is steering you down the barrel right now. Like, you you have to decide on some of this stuff in in the very, very short future. And and that becomes expensive quick. And I don't necessarily believe they're going to pay everyone that's sort of here right now because it just never really works out that way. You can look at most any situation in the league and, like, it's very rare for the young core to sort of all get paid and coalesce together and everything be, you know, sunshine and rainbows and whatever. But... I look at this and I think you're really banking on internal improvement and you're and you're banking on this sort of actually, like th- this was always going to take time to get off the ground. I really just don't, I, I think like where the Cavs are, like I'm not trying to like be a homer because, and I think anyone that would know me, I'm not really a homer. I just do not think the Cavs are really in a position where they're running it back. I think this is just like the actual progression of a franchise that lost arguably the greatest player of all time, sucked for a while, had a pandemic season, had a fired coach before that, um like this is untangling a very messy web and you're just getting it and then it gets complicated because that met that web is sort of messy and there's all of that that goes into it and you don't have a historically based ownership and all that stuff right like this has becomes i think just a very complicated thing and i just don't really define this as running it back i think you are just going to see them have to do like more akin to like what memphis is doing and like taking like mm-hmm. move, making moves to like ac- still acquire assets, be in that accumulation mode, and like, but also still trying to take steps forward without going all in right now, a la New Orleans or or someone like that. Like I I, th- I don't think they're really running it back by the definition that I would define run it back by.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I I think what it really is, is testing exactly what you have with this core. Like Darius Garland is going to be entering year three. You would expect progress there. And if there isn't, that is instructive when it comes to team building. Colin Sexton entering year four. I think at this point, the safest assumption is probably he's back but won't receive an extension, so it's going to be a prove-it year for him. Jared Allen entering the fifth year of his career. Isaac Okoro has a little more seasoning. Um, then Larry Nance, I mean, there's not a lot of scenarios where you trade Larry Nance and you become a better team. There's not a lot of scenarios right now based on kind of what we've heard uh, publicly for offers with Colin Sexton. There's not a lot of Colin Sexton offers that make you a better team. So if you're looking to push for that plan and, and believe, hey, we were better than our record. We are now adding an, an elite talent with a third overall pick. Uh, Larry's going to be healthier, and we have some other assets to supplement the roster. It's. It, I, I don't think that that's a scenario where necessarily Kobe would be on the hot seat to start the season. Now, if the messaging is the moves we made this off season around the core are sufficient. We are going for it. If that's the messaging, then yeah, there, there's pressure on it to work, and you can reevaluate in the middle of the season. I mean, the Cavs did that after the the decision the first time around in, in year four, where they took a swing on Bynum, didn't work out. They tried to bring in Luol Dang and yes, they won as the season progressed, it wasn't enough to get in, but they were at least in that mix, right? They, <laughs> what a, if the play in, what, a dumb, the what a dumb season, you know, like that year was just like, was a wild Oh year. my goodness, man, it was that, so that was weird. a wild year. But if the play in existed, the Cavs would have been in the play in that year, which I, I mean, would be interesting. I, I think the Cavs have done a much better job this time around. I think they have a young core that fits together. I, I think Mobley fits in with the guys that they have. So, At that point, what I'm advocating for is being aggressive with other assets, whether it be attaching that 2022 first round pick to Torian Prince or other guys to bring in an established talent. Maybe you go out and get one of the utah guys as you had mentioned on on twitter evan as something to at least keep an eye out because hey that utah situation's interesting either of those guys would make a lot of sense bringing someone in with the mid-level exception maybe taking a swing uh with just a second round pick and and jetty for jared culver like i i I think there's a whole lot of things you can do around that core and i'd like to bring some more adults in the room now if you you're if someone blows your socks off with the Larry offer, Golden State's offering like seven for Larry or something like that, which I, I don't oh, think is realistic. Yeah. yeah, you do that because of the upside of that pick, but there's not a lot of scenarios realistically where I can see an offer like that coming in. So bring in talent around those six players and see if that's enough because the internal growth is going to make the biggest difference. Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, and Jared Allen are likely going to matter more than Evan Mobley because Evan Mobley is a teenager. He might help in the way that Lamella Bell all helped the Hornets last year, but it's the guys that were already there. It was the established infrastructure. It was bringing in uh, Gordon Hayward for them. That really helped him shine and take some of that rookie pressure off. So that's what I would like to see with the Cavs is, hey, Let's bring in some talent around them and see if this young core is good enough to take that next step. If not, that's instructive. It's something that you can learn from. It might put some pressure on the front office, but if they believe that it's enough, go for it.
0: Okay, let's move on to another question. Um so okay, we gotta let's do a quick short one here. So from King 1317, could slash should Cam Radish be a trade target? If not, what other wings could the Cavs target via trade that could fit an extra's rotation? You guys, oh, I'll take the floor.
2: Yeah, on go this ahead. One. Uh, if Cam Reddish was a trade target, yeah, I think the Cavs could maybe offer something there. He, he is
0: available. I'll say that. I've, I was talking. Oh, so I was talking to Brad Rollin about this, and he's like, "Yeah, like if Cam Reddish is traded to like whatever team, like I wouldn't be, I
2: wouldn't be surprised." And Brad, Brad <laughs> knows what's up. The Hawks are a good example of what's going to go wrong in Oklahoma City once they accumulate all these young players and they have to start paying them, and that's why maybe Cleveland shouldn't go that avenue either, but. Uh, if it's not Cam Reddish, like if he is available, if the Cavs are able to trade a future pick, because I doubt it's going to be this year's pick that gets them Cam Reddish, or nor should it. Should it be? Um, yeah, sure, why not? I think Cam Reddish's defensive upside fits in really well. I like him. He's a streaky shooter. He's a lot better than I thought he was going to be coming out of Duke, but I think there's still plenty of room for improvement. At the same time, like he was fun through, the, through in the Eastern Conference Finals when he was healthy, and he's looked impressive when he has played, but. At the same time, like Justin kind of alluded to this, and this is a good leaping point. Um, Let's say, like, let's look at Utah. Utah is going to try and have, or they're going to have to pay Mike Conley because they've really pigeonholed themselves into a big three of Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Mike Conley, and they want to retain Mike Conley considering they gave up some assets for him at this point, too. So they might be looking to sell on some of their wing players, whether it's Joe Ingles, whether it's Bogdanovich. I mean the Cavs kind of have to add some money or make some piece add some pieces to it to make it work and the Cavs have the added luxury the fact that they have Houston's 2022 second round pick next year they also have Washington's 2022 second round pick next year and if things go sideways with Brad and Russ that second round pick with Washington could become way more valuable and San Antonio is a bit of a pariah they could be good they could be bad they could be in between who knows but that's also has some value too for a team like Utah who maybe isn't looking to add guaranteed money to their payroll and it's easier to waive a second rounder than it is to sign a first rounder so those are options too like I think those three and I think I think Utah is going to be looking to offload 30 as well if the Cavs could maybe grab angles and 30 at this point that's a pretty big win for Cleveland because Joe Ingles checks a lot of boxes. He's oh an adult goodness. in the room, which crest which checks a lot of boxes because the Cavs need a veteran present and presence. And I texted Chris this earlier, but it also, you know, covers the Aussie quota after Del Vidova And Dante left too, So it just kind of works and, out. And Dante Axum.
1: See, this is why I appreciate but, you guys because you guys actually do the reporting. You guys do the journalism. I just stay in the reacting role, which is so much easier for me. But, like, Joe Ingles is probably... Top of my list of people that would absolutely fit in, um like I, I would assume that Joe Ingles it would likely start at the three for the cows with sexland and Frobley, uh, uh, just because.
2: Uh, excuse me, out of towner. It's Tower City. That, you know what? Tower City is really good. Uh, I will give you credit for that. Um, and it's funny because Dan Gilbert owns Tower City, and soon
1: he'll be paying for both of them the rights. Tower yeah. Cities. <laughs> we, there we go we have both of them going um there but we go. J- joe ingles is also someone that's shown that he can come off the bench so if isaac O'Coral does make a darius garland like a leap on the offensive end yeah then y- you can factor that in but he's a playmaking uh forward that shoots the hell out of the ball plays good defense like he fills so many needs if you add joe ingles and you're not giving up larry nance um, holy crap, like you, you've got some bets that can really supplement what the young guys are bringing to the table. And I, I mean, the, the scenario you just mentioned, Evan, where you get 30 anjo Joe and you consolidate all those second round picks that the Cavs have. Maybe then you take the 30th pick and Torian Prince and see if you can move up to maybe the, the late teens and go after like a, a Kissbird if he falls or Jalen Johnson, something along those lines. Like those are the type of scenarios that I find interesting uh, and are, are more appealing to me than moving one of those core six guys for less than optimal value. Yeah.
0: Um, those names, the ones you mentioned, I think are right. I, I also like wouldn't hate like KCP. Honestly, um, oh, yeah, like yeah. KCP, Reggie Bullock,
1: like guys yeah. like that, yeah, absolutely. like
0: specifically as like trade guys. I think, like, I guess there's a like a like, even if it's a little overpaid wing type, I think you get your hands on, um, even like a sign, sign and trade, I think it's really tricky just because of the hard cap of it all. But like, if you could find a way to like finagle like Josh Hart, I would think that would be like a really nice move and like kind of a younger play than Ingles. Ingles would be the one for me just because of the playmaking, um. I, like, I think he fits really well. Like, he solves a lot of issues for you, I think, both with Okoro and with Sexton. And mm-hmm. I think what if you decide on, like, if you're closing five ended up being, like, Garland, Okoro, Ingles, and, and Tower City. Good Lord. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. in on that. You know what I mean? There's, like, there's
1: so many different ways that you can deploy that roster, right? Ingle, like, you Ingle's, have so many damn Ingles and
0: Nance is, like, the connective tissue of your roster is, like, really smart. <laughs> roster building if you could pull it off and like i don't know and the like again those guys are really limited they're hard to find like it becomes extremely tricky to find some of those guys because they're very coveted for good reason but like ingles has like an upgrade over like prince in those minutes or like jetty in those minutes is like sort of i think what you would really really want even if it's like a one or two year thing while like you take a swing on someone that you can maybe develop into the replacement for that or great locker
1: room guy too right
0: yes 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 evan uh time to take another break though and why don't you tell everyone about our friends at rock auto
2: if joe angles wants to come to cleveland he wants to drive he can tune up his car with our friends at rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it is now impossible for you and your local auto parts store to stock all the parts you need winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using RockAuto. Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. rockauto.com's prices are reliably low and are for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. For those of you who are regular listeners, I updated my AC system using Rock Auto last year after it went kaput and I wasn't gonna put up with that over the summer and instead of it costing me like a thousand dollars, it costed me about seven hundred because it was mostly maintenance and work at that point and the parts were saved thanks to rock auto. So if you're interested and you want to save money on your car right now, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at RockAuto.com.
0: All right, last segment here on episode one of two with Justin Rowan at CavsNinja on Twitter. Okay, uh, we're gonna do a little bit of a fun one here. Um, this is from uh, let me find this one. Who's it? Okay, from King thirteen seventeen again. We're gonna knock out his second question here, and then he's you know put on put on ice for a while. Looking back at past Cavs drafts. What are some of their best hits and misses over your lifetime as Cavs fans, considering draft position? Let's just Ooh. let's just each do one. That's a good one, one. Favorite and one miss that you guys would like. And I I want to specifically say I think Anthony, we should just take Anthony Bennett off the board here.
1: Okay. I'm still saying Bennett because I got so mad, and it, the worst part of the Bennett <laughs> pick was everybody, every casual fan in my life that I know in real life congratulate me for the first Canadian to be picked first overall they're like this that's so great I'm sitting there mad I'm like it should have been Otto Porter jr New no well like oh oh I was in a bad mood real bad place
2: I get that I could um I could really be a shit star here and say Joe Harris was a big miss on their part because I know Harris was injured in Cleveland and he was waved by the magic after they traded him but look at him now could have worked out if he uh, had that Cleveland Clinic medical support, but Did,
1: didn't didn't that help? Didn't that help uh, bring Chandler oh, Frye into Cleveland?
2: Yeah, Actually, you know what? It's a
1: hit and a miss. I'm yeah. gonna do both at
2: the same time a win, win. Is, it's a win-win trade. So there you go. It's a hit and a miss, Chris. So I'm just gonna back out with that one. But other than that, I mean LeBron's an obvious hit. I think we should keep that one out too. Uh, probably Kyrie as well. Maybe we should get a little bit more in the minutiae here a little bit um I think KPJ was a pretty big hit for the Cavs I know it didn't work out in the end but the 30th overall pick like not many players succeed at that position and the Cavs traded you know the all-important player cash considerations and four second round picks for him they believed in in him that much um I think that's a pretty big win because look at KPJ now like He's a pretty young stud for the Rockets. You know, wish it worked out in Cleveland, but it is what it is. And I think that's a win for the Cleveland because, again, Kobe Altman's scouting acumen is pretty good for at least late round grabs. Like Chetty Osman, too. Like that's a good big one for the Cavs as well.
1: The hit that I'm going with, so value for draft position, drafted 42nd overall. Do you guys know who I'm referring to? I
0: think I do, but.
1: Booby Gibson, baby. Uh-huh. Booby oh, Gibson. That's a good one. He gave I... them a finals berth with that performance against the Pistons. And just, you know what? I the Booby years were so much fun. Um, I, I feel like he came into the NBA just a little too early. I, I think if he would have come into the modern NBA, probably would have got more burn. Um his defense might have been a little overhyped, but it was still solid enough. Um for the forty second overall pick. I think that was a really, really value pick.
0: So I here will I will go with my two misses first because I, th- I have a co and I think two thousand four missing on Luke Jackson at ten yeah, is, is
2: that 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 was gonna be my other pick for a miss is Luke Jackson was a bad
0: one. Maybe the most consequential pick in Cav's history in a lot of ways. Because it's like your last chance to really nab like a lottery level talent to pair with LeBron via like that those mechanics and you missed and the roster is never quite good after that. The other miss I wanna point out is Sergey Khorasov. Okay.
1: Oh, KGB, Kersey gets so, buckets. Nah, so
0: let's 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 go back in time here for a second. <laughs> Trevor hey, Trevor Magnotti has admitted that he was wrong. Good for Trevor. But they take him twenty thirteen draft same year they take Bennett. This is their second first round pick that year. This is nineteen overall. So here are some of the notable players picked after this that would have at least been like more serviceable and useful to the Cleveland Cavaliers at this point. Tony Snell, Gorgie Dang,
2: Solomon Hill, Reggie Bullock. Rudy Gobert Wait timeout. You skipped Tim Hardaway Jr. That was getting there. <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr.
0: <laughs> um you go to the second round. You've got Mike Muscala has at least had like a decent NBA career.
2: Timeout again. You skipped Rudy Gobert. I already no. You were no. He, he said, I
0: did Gobert. So honestly, he right, said right. Gobert. I, I don't I, why I, tuned out
2: I was too. I was too fixated on Tim Hardaway Jr. and the fact that you dissed Mason Plumlee in this draft.
1: Well, uh, to, in the Cavs' defense, if you drafted Gobert, you'd be paying him forty million dollars a year and trying to ship yeah. away Joe Ingles. I would or, rather or have or at least like a functional
0: NBA player as opposed to like a guy that is not even playing for like the best team in Russia
1: jared jared allen for 20 or oh, for rudy for I'm 40
0: just, i'm 100 i'm not I'm jazz
2: are moving to russia wow
0: okay <laughs> but like I, I just look at this draft and it's just like not again it's very hard to draw like i think people sometimes forget and like like underrate how hard the draft is and like how much nabbing guys oh, is yeah. like I, I don't think we like well, acknowledge that enough but it's like wild that like you take anthony bennett and then you also like just totally missed on your other pick
2: Oh, it's so bad. I mean, we had a listener call in and ask, like, "What if Evan Mobley's a bust?" I'm like, "Yeah, what if?" I mean, the draft is a crapshoot at the end of the day, too. Like,
1: I would be, be loud wrong, been? as I might be loud wrong about this core being good enough to be the core of a playoff team next year. Like, that happens. Yeah. I do think, I, I do think, player development leading up to the draft has gone better and better. I think scouting mm-hmm. has got better and better. Like, I, I feel like the depth in a lot of these drafts. Is getting pretty damn good. Like it it really is impressive, and and this is a great draft. But um, especially early 2000s and whatnot, like the hit rate and and just the number of viable players in each draft, uh, it just seems so much higher right now. So I I feel a little more confident going into each of these drafts. Like even last year uh, wasn't really thought of as a great draft, and, and it ended up producing a lot of good role players already. So it is a crapshoot, though, but uh, I, I definitely feel like it, the league is getting smarter and the talent is getting deeper.
0: I want to no, yeah, sure. as my last hit here as we wrap up, Um, I just want to have an excuse to shout out Tristan Thompson, number four overall in 2011. Obviously, the Kyrie thing That's is the big, one. big one there, but. You know, at four, you know, Jonas Valanciunas was a was a possibility there. Obviously, it took a year to come over. They didn't want that. Jan Vesely could have been in play there. You know, like they could have gone the Derek Williams, Kemba Walker w- route. Like, there's a lot of very dark timelines. And like, guess you could be like, oh, they should have taken Clay, or should have taken Kawhi, or whatever. Um, I think getting Tristan as an essential member of your 2016 title team ends up being like a really good pick. And I, I just wanna salute that man for having like a very, very good tenure in Cleveland. because um, there's and you look at the, the I'm looking at the basketball reference like draft page right now and like whew, the, the the Cavs draft history um up until like twenty eighteen is basically just like absolutely wild. <laughs> twenty thirteen this draft like, I know I mentioned Crossford, but it's Bennett, Karasev, Alan Crabb, who they trade to Portland and and that's a thirty one number overall. And then like later we would be Cara like Felix, a Felix and right? Carrick Felix who's thirty three overall. Played Man, seven like,
2: played seven games in the NBA, 38 total minutes. <laughs> what could have been Carrick Felix? I really thought he had a shot at first. I did, too. I,
1: I liked everything in that draft outside of Ben.
2: Yeah, same. I really wanted Otto Porter. Um, before that, it was New Noel before the knee injury, and that made me nervous. And then I was always high on Victor Oladipo, too. So, yeah. I don't know. what do I know? I'm gonna,
0: <laughs> now I'm going to go down a Carrick Felix. Because, like, 6'6", six, six, 201, that's, like, really good size.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. that's that's the thing. He's like thirty he years has, old like now? the
0: physical makes me feel old.
2: <laughs> um it's like uh what's his face when the cat in charge finally getting the call up? Uh, from the Cavs. Sir Dominic Pointer. Yeah, oh my god. That's like when I saw that I'm like, excuse me, is that who I think it is? Sir Dom himself. <laughs> I know he was drafted in twenty fifteen, but it was so long ago. <laughs>
0: According to his Wikipedia page, Carrick Felix, uh, between two years away, he had from basketball between 2014-2016, created a mobile app that allowed holidaymakers book adventure equipment such as jet skis. So hopefully he made money on that. Um, wild stuff. And he played for Melbourne United, Delhi's new team, if I remember correctly, oh. in 2017-18 and won a title there. So good for him.
2: Chris, you watch Rick and Morty now. Do you think um, Carrick was approached by Gluddy when he said, <laughs> do you want to make an app? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely all right that is going to be it for part one with
0: justin rowan uh so again he'll be back tomorrow for part two of this long q a and just as a reminder go check out the live nba draft show nba draft coach chad ford locked in nba draft host rafael barlow and locked on nba host john Carles will be live this year covering the nba draft they're literally flying people to dallas texas to produce this amazing show we can't wait to be part of it not us you know what evan i'm not salty about it i'm just happy we're thriving The rising tide raises everyone, you know? It's Locked on NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Bill Barr. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard